Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Mari Bolaños in San Luis Obispo. I arrived here yesterday to see the monarch butterflies at the well-known grove in the Pismo State Beach, but because of the storm that passed through much of the central coast this weekend, the park was closed. Luckily, I was meeting up with Jessica Griffiths, the official Western Monarch Count Thanksgiving coordinator. She took me to one of the other 50 overwintering sites in the county. Locally, this is known as Halcyon Hill, and it's a very large eucalyptus grove comprised of bluegum eucalyptus trees. She told me Halcyon Hill was a plantation in the 1800s, and the trees were used for lumber. In the 1980s, monarchs started using these trees as overwintering or hibernating sites. And in 1997, counters like Jessica began surveying or counting them. It's kind of the jelly bean in the jar method. So you will look at the cluster with binoculars and you'll count, say, 10 butterflies maybe in the bottom corner or on one side. And you say, OK, that's how much space 10 butterflies takes up. And then you kind of go by tens. And every year in the three weeks around Thanksgiving, the official count takes place. Over the last few decades, the monarch butterfly population has been in decline. But this year, volunteers counted 129 thousand butterflies in San Luis Obispo County alone. So that's good. Now that's, you know, not 20, 20, 25 years ago, there were way more monarchs. So we're definitely not back up to historic levels, but we seem to have kind of rebounded to where we were eight to 10 years ago. This year's monarch butterflies will stay at overwintering sites across the county until about March, Jessica says. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, or BOEM, just sold five leases for wind turbine projects off the coast of California. Three are located in Morro Bay off the central coast. As KCBX's Gabriela Fernandez reports from Morro Bay, local indigenous tribes are getting involved. The windows at Morro Bay's Natural History Museum look out to sweeping views of the ocean. Someday in the future, Locals and visitors could see lights in the water from wind turbines about 30 miles off this coast. The state's coastline is sometimes called the Blue Serengeti for its biodiverse ecosystem filled with species like elephant seals, sea otters, and whales. The animals living here are culturally significant resources for local indigenous communities. It's a symbolism and the teachings that were passed down are all based off of this natural world. That's Chad Jackson, a California State Parks archaeologist whose office is at the museum. He works with local tribal communities to manage the cultural resources of Morro Bay. 
Jackson and state parks don't have an official position or comment on Morro Bay's offshore wind development. He says his job is to collaborate with the tribes to help explain the cultural significance of Morro Bay. The indigenous people of California really depended upon a balanced environment to provide them with sustenance, obviously, food, but also just their reverence for their homeland and how they carry about their traditions and their stories and really just uh, the beauty and abundance of, of the California coastline. In San Luis Obispo County, where Morro Bay sits, the northern Chumash and Salinan tribes have been living on this land for thousands of years. Violet Sagewalker is the chairwoman for the Northern Chumash Tribal Council. She's a supporter of Morro Bay's wind energy projects, saying they're a promising source of renewable energy. But she also has concerns. She's working closely with BOEM to make sure the offshore wind turbines don't disrupt the beauty and resources of the ocean. So we want to make sure that um, the offshore wind is done in a way that is um, compatible with our lifestyle and our values, which is um, it's really important for us. She says she wants to make sure building and maintaining the turbines doesn't end up killing vulnerable marine species. My main concern is how the um, wildlife is going to be affected by the industrialization of the ocean, which means seismic, acoustic, and you know, any type of blasting that will be to anchor the windmills to the ocean floor. Local marine researchers say there will be impacts on the ocean ecosystem, but they also say there isn't enough research on how big of a threat they could pose to marine species. With a history of oil spills off the central coast, Sagewalker wants to ensure the switch to renewable energy doesn't perpetuate the exploitation of the ocean. So I'm hoping we didn't go from the foe of offshore oil, oil spills, and like all these things that we've been dealing with for the past 40 years, to another one. The Morro Bay Wind Energy Area also encompasses the local Salinan tribe's ancestral land. The tribe did not respond to requests for comment on this story. For The California Report, I'm Gabriela Fernandez in San Luis Obispo. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. History was made yesterday in Los Angeles as Karen Bass was sworn in as the city's 43rd and first female mayor. Bass was sworn in by a longtime friend, Vice President Kamala Harris. 
In her address, Mayor Bass spoke about one of the city's biggest issues, homelessness. The struggle to pay the bills, the stress of not knowing how you will fix the car if it breaks down, that's what causes the anxiety and despair for so many. And it pushes too many of us into a crisis that degrades our mental and physical health, that drives some to addiction and self-harm. Bass says her first act as mayor will be declaring a state of emergency on homelessness, which she'll officially do later this morning. And that's the California Report for Monday, December 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Mari Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.